On today's episode of Locked On White Sox, we open up the mailbag. That sounds cool, right? You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Locked On Sox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today is Monday, December 20th, 2021. We are closing in on the new year, closing in on a lot of holidays. Happy holidays to all. This is a big week for uh, for some people, so happy holidays. Uh, hope you're enjoying uh, a break if you're getting one this week from work. I guess in that department, I have some news. Uh, this is now this week, starting today, Monday, December 20th. Locked on Socks as a feed and most MLB channel feeds will be going to three episodes a week until the start of Pitchers and Catchers, when Pitchers and Catchers report So that means we will be on three episodes a week from now, uh, December 20th, 2021, to February 13th, 2022. We have 55 days until pitchers and catchers uh, start reporting, or at least the week of pitchers and catchers reporting. So we'll be on a little lesser of a load, but hopefully I'll have more times to put some special episodes together for you. I got some uh, hopefully exciting off-season content that I can be bringing to you uh, through these upcoming weeks. And uh, hopefully all of those come to fruition because who who likes plans that fall apart? So again, three episodes a week now for Lockdown Sox from here until the week of February 13th. Got it? Cool. Sound good? Great. If you missed last week's episode or last Friday's episode, I asked you guys for the mailbag this week. What do you want for your White Sox Christmas? What do you want for your White Sox holiday. We got an answer uh, on this episode, but we will continue the mailbag on Wednesday as well. Taney used to call it and Herb used to call it, you know, used to call it What Up Wednesday. We can continue What Up Wednesday. Maybe you missed Friday's episode. So you can call in with your answers to what do you want this White Sox holiday season? Call in 312-566-8727. We got a call later in the show that Absolutely nailed what I want uh, for for White Sox Christmas, so I'm glad uh, that person called in with their answer here. But that's enough rambling. Let's get in to the mailbag. What's up, Sean? This is Alex from Bolingbrook calling in again, and today I wanted to call in with a suggestion for White Sox therapy. We've talked about all-time favorite White Sox by position. We've talked about people we wish were White Sox. We've talked about people who could have been White Sox, but it never really came up. Well, I think now it's time, it's only fair, we talk about people who were White Sox that we wish really, really weren't. For example, Jose Canseco, whose tenure with the White Sox was a lot like Edwin Arcanacion's, where everyone sat back and went, wow, we have one of the greatest the game has ever seen on our team, and we get to watch their career die on live television. Uh, names that can also pop up that I personally regret the fact I ever saw them in White Sox jerseys, Adam Dunn and good old 0 for 60 Daniel Polka, who I'm pretty sure is a national right about now. Anyway, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on people who wore White Sox jerseys that you would really like to forget ever wore White Sox jerseys. Have a great day. You've been doing great with the show and love to see where you keep bringing it. So uh, have a great one. 
Thank you, Alex, for the message. Thank you for always calling in and participating. We appreciate. You can participate at 312-566-8727. Good question here from Alex. Uh, I'm going to take it in a little bit different direction just because I think I can draw it out a little bit, but you're absolutely right here. Part of White Sox therapy is going through the uh, White Sox players of old and remembering some of the failed prospects, remembering some of the bargain bin signs, uh, guys that you might not have remembered were on the team. I'm going to go back through the past 15 years uh, from 2021 to 2006, and I got some pretty interesting names. First off, uh, guys that I dislike on the Sox or guys I forgot were on the Sox. That's how I'm, I'm going to frame this over the past 15 years. Uh, guy I wish I that wasn't on the Sox in 2021, uh, Dallas Keuchel. I was really excited when they signed him. I was running through the score studios. I was printing out the Jeff Passan tweet of the announcement uh, that they signed Dallas Keuchel uh, throughout the entire score studios. He was good in 2020, and I was I was really surprised at how good he was. But in 2021, it, it seems like it's at that point, that cliff of no return, where now he's going to be 34, the stuff is less sharp, the control is less sharp, and a guy that throws that soft can just turn into a pumpkin overnight. He can go from a 199 ERA in 11 starts to go to a 528 ERA in 30 starts. Giving up almost 200 hits is something he's done before. That was back in 2018, but the big damage came from the home run balls. He gave up 25 home runs in 2021. That was a career high. And he also set his career high in walks. He had 59 walks, which was his second most uh, since 2019. He was able to bounce back a little bit in, in 2019 after a, a, an iffy 2018, and that was after kind of the debacle of him and Craig Kimbrell not signing until very late into the season. He ends up signing with Atlanta probably, I think, around June, uh, and, and he was able to turn things around a little bit and then be able to get the big uh, contract with the White Sox. So maybe Keuchel's able to work himself back into good graces, but if the lockout comes and there's an expansion of the budget and teams might have to hit a salary floor, well, the White Sox might have a, a pretty useful uh, asset there in Dallas Keuchel with his big contract. We'll go to the 2020 team. You mentioned it, Alex, Edwin Encarnacion. I wasn't around for the Jose Canseco days. Uh, Jose Canseco does follow me on Twitter. I don't want to brag. You know, whoever's running his Twitter team saw that I was verified. And I know, I know, I know. And yeah, they click follow. Jose Bautista follows me too. You know, I'm, I'm running some big circles here. Uh, but Edwin Encarnacion, uh, if, if that's my Jose Canseco uh, in my White Sox life, uh, I, I could see, uh, you know, a decent connection there. Uh, Big career home run uh, numbers for Edwin Encarnacion, uh, 224. And again, it was a shortened season due to COVID, but he didn't play anywhere in 2021. He hit the second lowest amount of home runs in his uh, career that season in 2020 with the White Sox. He hit 10, and you want to compare it to his worst season. That was 2005 when he was only 22 years old. Uh, he had way uh, less at-bats in 2020, 159 to hit 10 home runs compared to 2005. He hit nine home runs, uh, over 211. But if you you look at his his main bulk of his his career, and even the, the season before, uh, the, in 2019, he was good with Seattle, and he ended up being traded to New York. With Seattle in 2019, 289 plate appearances. He hit 21 home runs. In 2019 with the Yankees after the deadline, 197 plate appearances, 13 home runs. With the White Sox, 181, 10 home runs. A disappointing way for his career to end, and he's not the only guy, the only big veteran uh, to have his career end and just kind of very, 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 very dimly uh, fade out with the White Sox. It's unfortunate, but it is just 
you know, the way that the cookie crumbles here on the south side at parts. It's the reason why Alex wants to go to White Sox therapy for it. We'll go to 2019 next, a guy that played for the White Sox in 2019, and I thought he had a pretty good 2019. Uh, I guess it wasn't as good as I remember it being, but in 2019, Avon Nova played for the White Sox, and there was a run in July from July 27th to August 24th. He had six games started. He went 4-1 and one in those six starts, and the team went 5-1 and one in those six starts, and in those six starts, he threw 39 innings, allowing 32 hits, only seven walks, he, you know, Ivan Nova, big, big, big strikeout guy, uh, 20 strikeouts, but he had an ERA in those six starts of .92. My favorite was him against Houston uh, in Chicago, August 13th, a complete game with one run allowed, but it was unearned and, you know, probably a dominating performance. You know, he's gotten strikeout numbers up into the sixes before. You're probably expecting, you know, a big, big game from Ivan Nova, maybe eight strike. He struck out three over nine innings of work. So shout out to Ivan Nova. Uh, fun run in 2019. Uh, but I, I, I always for, I think people forget that he was, you know, pretty decent on the White Sox. Not as good as you, you'd, you know, you'd hope. But for a, a signing like that for the White Sox, and he gives you a 472 ERA. And like a pretty good six-start run, like, yeah, I'll take that Avon Nova in 2019. We'll go to 2018. We'll go to 2018. That's Daniel Palka, where Alexander mentioned him. I didn't think Daniel Palka was that bad. You know, he, he's a guy now overseas. I don't think he's with the Nationals. Uh, he's overseas in Korean baseball. He's friends with the guys from the 108. Uh, but now he's 30 years old. He was a third-round pick from the Diamondbacks in 2013. So, you know, there wasn't expectations for him to be a a great player. He wasn't a first rounder, Daniel Palka, and he still had an all right major league career. And 2018 was a very good year from him. He had a, uh, an OPS plus of 110. And then the season that Alexander's talking about in 2019 played in 30 games, 93 played appearances and had an OPS plus of one, one. I think that's the lowest it goes. So I understand why you'd need therapy for watching Daniel Palka play in 2019. But again, in 2019, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't Daniel Palka's fault. It was the White Sox fault. That team was bad. It had a lot of bad options at the DH. And we shouldn't have had to watch that, that baseball club. I'm going to be honest with you. So, you know, I, I understand the, the, dis, the, the dislike for an underperforming player, but also... Daniel Polka did the best that he could, and I think that he'll he'll take in his rookie year close to a, a plus or a, an a, an OPS of uh, around 800. So you know, shout out to Daniel Polka. I don't I don't mind that. Uh, we'll go to 2017 next, and we're going to talk about Mike Pelfrey, a guy I never liked. Longtime Met from 2006 to 2012. Then he bounced around with the Twins a lot. I really liked seeing the White Sox face him in the, in that stretch from 2013 to 2015. He allowed 28 runs to the White Sox in 40 innings from that stretch when he was in Minnesota from 2013 to 2015. To see him come over to the other side years later was kind of a slap in the face. He was really bad, and I didn't like watching him play baseball for the White Sox. In 2016, do you remember Ed, or, uh, Austin Jackson? I was going to say Edwin Jackson. He was a White Sox, too. Austin Jackson was a White Sox. 203 plate appearances for the 2016 team. He batted 254, 318, and slugged 343 for an OPS plus of 83. In 2015, I'd like to reintroduce you to everyone's favorite, Emilio Bonifacio. He played one year with the White Sox in 2015. 
82 plate appearances, and he had an OPS plus of 10, 167 average, 198 OPB, OBP, and a 192 slugging percentage. Blech. Here's a player that I just forgot existed. It's not Michael A. Taylor. It's a Michael Taylor, 2014 outfielder for the White Sox, Michael Taylor. This is a different guy from the guy from the Royals and the Nationals. No, this guy just played for Oakland in 2011, 2012, and 2013. And the White Sox said, let's bring him back. 2014, 33 plate appearances. And we never heard from him again. Thank you, Michael Taylor. We'll talk about 2013 and beyond next here on Locked on Sox. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered with chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And they're high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. I know Lockdown Sox listeners know Built Bar from Tanny and Herb's relationship with them. I know I know Built Bar from my relationship with Tanny and Herb. I show up to work at the 670 The Score Studios, and in every drawer, there's probably a loose Built Bar. I know Tanny and Herb were always bringing Built Bars around. I've seen every flavor, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Tanny wouldn't stop talking about his favorite flavor, the German chocolate cake. Because it gave him the extra fuel he needed to get through the day. So this holiday season, stock your stuffings with a few Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. We are back here on Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown Sox your first listen each and every day. We are continuing here. Alexander wrote into the mailbag, called in actually, 312-566-8727. You can write in. You can write me an email at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. We're continuing here, though, talking about Alexander's question. He was wondering who my least favorite White Sox player was of all time uh, and and kind of the White Sox trauma around bad guys on a White Sox team or old old aging guys on White Sox team. I'm taking it in a different direction Uh, over the past 15 teams. So since 2006 to 2021, we're going for we're going with the top 15 most either painful guys on the roster or forgettable guys on the roster. And maybe this guy isn't forgettable or painful, but he is at least, uh, he, he begs the question, what about Danks? No, it's not John Danks. It's Jordan Danks. You guys remember Jordan Danks? 2012, 2013, and 2014 with the White Sox. But 2013 was Jordan Danks' best year. He came in, had 179 plate appearances for the White Sox after having 75 in the year before. And in 2013, his best year in the majors, he had an OPS plus of 85. He had an OPS under 700 and a career OPS with the White Sox of 629. And to put that in perspective, Adam Eaton last year had an OPS of 642, just a little bit better than Jordan Dank's career OPS with the White Sox. And I feel like I'm not being totally fair to Jordan Dank. So his career minor league total of home runs was 69. Nice. Now we move to 2012, and this player is one of my favorites. He was a two-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover, 
And he, like Jimmy Rollins, just finished his very good MLB career out with the White Sox in a sputter. He wanted to play in the 2013 year, uh, and no team signed him. So Orlando Hudson's major league career just kind of fell and crumbled with a little dying stint with the White Sox in his age 34 season. He batted 197 with the team, and his career just kind of stopped there. But this was a player, Orlando Hudson, that, you know, from 2010 to 2003, he was putting up above two war in every single season. He was worth 30 war, basically, from 2003 to 2010. And that's kind of a, you know, a classic White Sox signing there. A guy that was very good, and and now he's going to, he's probably going to be retired in in the next couple years. Maybe not even by his own choice, you know? Maybe just being on the White Sox will let him fade away, like Edwin Encarnacion, who we talked about in the 2020 team. Next up, a guy that I totally didn't even know had a, a time as a, as a White Sox player. In 2011, the White Sox, for four plate appearances, were the home of Lasting's Millage. Do you guys remember Lasting's Millage? He was a first-rounder in the 2003 draft by none other than the New York Mets. And funny enough, just three picks later, the White Sox selected Brian Anderson with the 15th pick in that draft. But Lasting's Millage, only four plate appearances with the White Sox. A guy that, especially with his pedigree, was always followed around highly. And he had a pretty decent year in the year of 2008 with the Washington Nationals at 24 doubles, 14 home runs, 24 stolen bags. But overall, he couldn't find a, a starting role in, on any team. And that was with the Nationals, the Pirates, the Mets, and then he tried it with the White Sox and it didn't work out. We'll move next to the 2010 team, and this is a, another failed White Sox prospect. Drafted in the second round of 2004, it's Donnie Lucy. He played with the White Sox in 2007, making 15 plate appearances. He played with the White Sox in 2010, making 18 plate appearances. And in 2011, with the White Sox making 11 plate appearances. Over three years, Donnie Lucy played in 21 MLB games, all with the White Sox. He had 44 plate appearances. And after the 2011 baseball season, he was then out of the league entirely. He stopped playing baseball, no minor league stats, no major league stats. Donnie Lucy was out of baseball. Let me go to 2009. You guys remember Jimmy Gobble? I don't. He was a pitcher. 6'3", a buck 90, left-handed. Jimmy Gobble was drafted in the first round in the supplemental part of the 1999 draft by the Kansas City Royals was a Royal for one, two, three, four, five, six years, mainly as a reliever. He was a starter in 2004, but then shifted to the bullpen. In 2009, he made 12 appearances with the White Sox, pitching in 12 innings, and he gave up 10 earned runs. He left the White Sox with a 7.5 ERA. And this one really isn't on the White Sox. It's just the fact that his name is Jimmy Gobble. You know, it's a holiday weekend, uh, you know, reminds you of turkey, maybe of turkey uh, on Christmas or one of these holidays. And you could think of Jimmy Gobble when you sit down with your family. And the last three are are, are brand names, are, are big names. 2008, we all remember Ken Griffey Jr.'s time with the Chicago White Sox. It was a weird time to see Ken Griffey Jr. in not only a White Sox uniform, but not in a number 24 or a number three or a number 30. 17 was an odd pick for Ken Griffey Jr. in my mind. And it makes sense, you know, number three, retired, Harold Baines, future Hall of Famer at that point, lifelong White Sox, one of Jerry Reinsdorf's favorite. Jerry fought for him to get into the Hall of Fame uh, later on past Ken Griffey's time with the White Sox, so they weren't going to give up number three. Can't give up number 24, right? 
Joe Creedy, third base, huge part of the 2005 White Sox. You can't give Ken Griffey Jr. number 24, Joe. You just can't. But number 30, number 30, no, 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 no. That needs to be with our star outfielder, Ozzie Guillen's favorite, Nick Swisher. So the reason why Ken Griffey Jr. couldn't have one of his famous numbers and he had to wear number 17 was a combination of Harold Baines, Joe Creedy, and Nick Swisher. And honestly, the White Sox got the last cool moment of Ken Griffey Jr. So if you're upset that Ken Griffey Jr. was a White Sox, I don't think you should be because he could have been taking naps in the White Sox dugout like he did in Seattle later on. He, his, his last true highlight, I think big highlight, was the throw in, in that 2008 game. So I don't, I don't need White Sox therapy for Ken Griffey Jr. That one's just weird and cool. We'll move to 2007 next, and we're going to talk about Darren Erstad, the two-time All-Star, the three-time Gold Glover. He finished in the top 10 of the MVP voting in 2000, and he came to the White Sox in 2007 after playing 11 years in in Anaheim slash LA slash California, and he comes over to the White Sox, and he bats 248, 310, 335. And this is a career hitter of 286, 341, 416, 756. And then he comes over to the White Sox after having injuries in 2006. And uh, he was not able to recover, which was a shame because Darren Erstad, when he was healthy, he was low-key sick. And one of my first baseball guys and baseball teams I remember, uh, the, the, the early Angels, Darren Erstad, David Eckstein, Troy Glaus, Garrett Anderson, those guys were great. And and Darren Erstad, I thought he was going to be great coming over, and he wasn't. Very, very sad to see. And in a way, I'm reminded of Alex Rios. Like, at least Alex Rios was decent when he came over from Toronto to the White Sox. When Darren Erstad came over, he was just bad. And not healthy, to be fair to him. Final player that we're going to talk about on the 2006 team. He played with the team in 2006 and 2007. I'm bringing him up now because if I brought him up in 2007, I wouldn't be able to bring up good old Darren Erstad. We're going to talk about Alex Cintron, now the Houston Astros hitting coach. And, you know, funny how things collide. 15 years later, Alex Cintron is slashing 285, 310, 392, which is a pretty good season for him. 78 OPS plus, which was his fourth career high. So, you know, shout out Alex Cintron. It was a fun little exercise. Hope you enjoyed it. Going through some 15 players that you might have forgotten or you might be enraged hearing their name. Because I know, I know, you know, Daniel Palka's 0 for 60 strikes uh, had Alex calling in. So let me know if there's any players like this that I, I either left off or even before the 2006 series. Alex mentioned Jose Canseco. Got any Jose Canseco White Sox memories? Share them. 312-566-8727. We'll continue the bound back. Next, here on Locked on Sox. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. 
Right now on betonline.ag, the White Sox have the eighth highest odds to win the World Series at plus 1,600. Again, head over to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here on Locked On White Sox, I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Again, we are going down to three episodes a week. You could expect the next episode out on Wednesday. We're 55 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and that week, uh, which will be uh, February 13th, we will be back to daily weekday episodes, Monday through Friday. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to slow some things down here, but we will still be bringing you, I will still be bringing you uh, the best White Sox content that I can uh, throughout the months of December, January, and February. And I'm very excited to be doing that uh, for you. And before we get into the next voicemail, I do just want to say the prompt that I'm looking for on What's Up Wednesday uh, is what do you want this White Sox Christmas? What do you want under your tree? What do you want the White Sox to give you as a fan? What would you love? What would make your uh, 2022 White Sox fan experience that much better? And I think that our next caller, John from Bolingbrook, did a fantastic job of answering the question. Hey, Sean. John from Brookfield. Uh, to answer your question about what White Sox paraphernalia I would like under my Christmas tree, and I know you would like this as well, is a damn Field of Dreams, Chris Anderson jersey. Thanks, man. I love the show. Uh, I'm glad you're, you took over for Tanny and Herb. It's great stuff. Have a great one. Take it easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, John, I think it's Tim Anderson, and I think you know that. <laughs> and I'm some person, especially, I, I have the great honor of when I record these, I can go back and change and hear what I said. Uh, so I'm going to give John a little bit of a break here. When you leave a voicemail, you're just trying to make sure it sounds clean, and it did. And, and it sounded very clean. I knew exactly what you said, especially when you said uh, Chris Anderson. John, thank you so much for calling in. I really do appreciate it. And you're right. All I want is a GD Tim Anderson Field of Dreams jersey. And do you know what's making or do who is making that more difficult for you, the fan? Fanatics, the major apparel corporation for the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL. The largest apparel provider for fans is Fanatics. And Fanatics has been doing you a disservice as a fan looking for apparel for your team for years now. I don't know if it's crazy or too far to put blame off on Nike too. Nike is a part of that deal with the MLB and Fanatics. It got signed back in 2019. And since then, you have gotten the most generic, boring, and plain designs in that fan store. It is recycled. It is boring. It is lame. And to the biggest point that John made in that voicemail is that he just wants it maybe even the opportunity to try and buy it. Because since they were released, back in August, there has not been a second run. They just put out a second run of the City Connect jerseys. They did not put out a second run of the Field of Dreams jersey. And with the City Connect jersey, you're only limited to a certain amount of players. 
I can't unfortunately find the post now, but I believe there was only four players that were even available to have on the back of the second drop of City Connect jerseys. I could be wrong, but I, I think it was Anderson, Eloy, Luis, and Grandal. I could be wrong about that, but I don't even think there was any Pito included in that drop, which was, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And there's not the ability to create your own custom jersey. You are taking the ability for fans to be fanatical about their sport, and you're ruining it with reused, repurposed garbage. There is no connection between Fangraphs and you, the fan. I don't remember it ever being this bad, them being out of stock and extremely slow to delivering to you, the fan. John, I hope you get a Field of Dreams Tim Anderson jersey underneath your tree this coming Christmas. I hope I get one too. But the likelihood of that happening, unless you want to go out on eBay and pay $250, is not going to happen. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. And honestly, for fanatics, I don't think they have an excuse. Could it be COVID? Maybe. But it's not like that's being told to you. It's not like it's being like, hey, we're trying to get these out as soon as possible. No. You as the fan truly get screwed as having Fanatics be the apparel provider of the MLB and the four big sports. It is not a fair or proper way to go about it. And if anything, you're going to go buy from any of these places, try not to buy online. Go support smaller businesses. The fact that Grandstand is so close to Sox Park, if you're up there, try to carve out time, if you can, to just go to Grandstand. And if you want to support the team at the team store, that's your choice. That's fine. But really, 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 I'm begging you. Avoid fanatics at all costs. John, I hope you get your Tim Anderson Field of Dreams uh, jersey under the tree. Because, you know, how, how many kids don't want that? It's going to make me too mad. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. On Wednesday, we are going to come back with What's Up Wednesday. I hope to have more of your questions and responses to what do you want for White Sox Christmas? Is it a player? Is it a jersey? Is it tickets? I want to be your White Sox Santa. I want to spread Christmas cheer, holiday cheer. Let's do that. 312-566-8727. You can write in at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Go make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with insights and analysis from betting expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I'll talk to you on Wednesday on Locked On Socks.